Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Laura Brodnick and today I'm joined by... Claire Stevens. I'm filling in for Key Reese. You might know my voice from the Cancelled podcast and if you don't, go give it a listen. <laughs> yeah, who are we cancelling this week? Is it Mel Gibson? Surely that young man's done nothing wrong. What are you talking about? <laughs> Mel Gibson was incredibly easy to cancel. Oh gosh, there's just so much. <laughs> so much. Well, speaking of cancelling, no, not really. The first trailer for Netflix's very controversial reality TV series, Byron Bays, has been released today. There's a lot of talk around that and a lot of juicy kind of gossip that's stirred up from this trailer, so we're going to get into that. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gossip? I want more headlines. So making news today, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie's very public and drawn-out divorce settlement has taken another messy turn this week with the news that Brad is now suing Angelina for selling her share of the French vineyard that they own together. So Brad and Angelina bought a controlling stake of Chateau Miravel, probably didn't say that right, sorry to anyone who's from France and listening, in southern France in 2008, and they were then married there six years later, surrounded by their kids. So they filed to dissolve their marriage in 2016 and have remained locked in a pretty intense court battle ever since over the custody rights of their six children. Now, according to a lawsuit filed by Brad Pitt just a few days ago, the couple had agreed they would never sell their respective interests in Miravelle without the other's consent. But now the lawsuit reads, Jolie long ago stopped contributing to Miravelle, while Pitt poured money and sweat into the wine business, building it into the company it is today. So Brad Pitt's lawsuit also requests a trial by jury, so it's safe to say that this issue will be an ongoing one. On last night's episode of SAS Australia, Wayne Carey, a man who is described as a football legend in his intro, opened up about his past. The former AFL player admitted to cheating on his former wife with his teammate's wife in 2002, describing it as one of the biggest stories about him in the media, which haunted him for over 20 years. He also admitted to throwing wine on a girlfriend in 2007. But, Laura, that's not the biggest story about Wayne Carey because in 1997 he pleaded guilty to indecent assault after grabbing a woman's breast on a Melbourne street, allegedly asking her, why don't you go and get a bigger set of tits? The matter was settled out of court. There are domestic violence claims from his former partner, Kate Nielsen. A New York security guard said that in 2006 he saw Carey smacking her in their hotel room and he tried to intervene. Then in 2007, Miami police were called after Kerry allegedly smashed a wine glass into Nielsen's face. When police arrived, Kerry kicked a female officer in the mouth. He was convicted of battery on a law enforcement officer while Nielsen decided not to press charges. 
This week, Kate Nielsen told the Herald Sun she didn't want that dark period of her life to be discussed on reality TV, confirming that the glass of wine was intentionally thrown into my face and smashed my mouth. During his interrogation on last night's episode of SAS, Kerry said he was accused of glassing his girlfriend, but what actually happened was that he simply went to throw wine in her face and then the glass touched her lip. It didn't break. He then spoke about having experienced domestic violence in his own family when he grew up and how that warped his idea of what was acceptable. SAS Australia's Aunt Middleton responded that Kerry is a work in progress and asked, do you want to be known for who you were or who you are? Laura, this isn't the first time SAS Australia has platformed men with checkered pasts. We know that Sam Burgess won the show last year after having been embroiled in a case involving alleged violence towards his wife. There was another contestant, Kobe Abbotton, who was found guilty of perverting the course of justice in relation to a murder case and also pleaded guilty to assaulting an off-duty police officer in Honolulu. So clearly this show has this redemption arc for certain people. We know they had it with Chappelle Corby last season. But why do you think it's these men who are being offered such a platform to tell their side of the story? Yeah, I think like what you're saying, it really sprung from that first season. So at first, the audience just wanted to see high profile celebrities going through these awful tasks. And, you know, there was this kind of weird, perverted entertainment of watching someone like Roxy Jasenko, who is normally so polished, having to crawl through mud. But the more talk around the show and the more interest people had was around people who would come on for those redemption arcs. So Chappelle Corby was a bit of a wild card there. But I think it was actually Nick Cummins. Not that his crimes were anywhere near what we're talking about with these men in terms of of not picking anyone on The Bachelor, but he really came out of that with the audience looking at him a different way. And so I'm thinking that Channel 7 very much kind of saw the power in that and saw this idea of almost being able to take all these men that Australia hates and turn the tide on them, which became a lot more dangerous, I think, with Sam Burgess. Mm. Because at the time that was happening too, I mean, we talk so much about what Phoebe Burgess had said and what Sam had actually done. And there's so much power in reality TV. Like there's a power of redemption there because you're watching them go through these hardships, even though it's something they've signed up to do. You're watching them break down in front of the cameras. You have time to get to know them over weeks and weeks. So it's a kind of redemption that you couldn't get through an interview or a podcast or probably even a book because you can see them crying and men crying on TV people have a real soft spot for. So I think they've seen the power in that, but they're using it very dangerously with who they're picking to have these redemption arcs. Agreed. And I think the scary thing is that the victims in these situations, as you say, just don't have the same platform to share their side. They're essentially silenced. And with Wayne Carey's situation, there is an alleged victim and she has stated on the record that she doesn't want this dredged up and yet it is against her will. But I also think this points to something more broadly about the difference between how we see men and women because we do seem to be able to separate men from what they've done And this is kind of a rhetoric that's been used in the AFL a lot around Wayne Carey, that he just, he went off the rails and he had a bad few years, but he's not the sum of all his actions. It's about who he can be in the future. And I just don't think we do this for women. I think women are their behaviour. And you look at somebody like Roxy Jasenko and nobody is sort of willing to say that she even 
deserves a redemption arc, even though her crimes, in inverted commas, are significantly less than any of these men. Yeah, exactly. And on that season too, Candace Warner was also brought on to have a bit of a redemption arc, even though her crime, and we're using that loosely, was that she was photographed in a toilet making out with someone and those photos were shared against her will. And so she came on to kind of have a redemption arc for that, but people couldn't separate who she was in the show from this past indiscretion the way they could with these men. And I think it comes down to the fact that this particular type of reality TV and the way we view men's sports in Australia are having a very weird crossover because when we watch men's sports in a way that we would never watch women's sports, people become very attached to them doing these physical acts and they love the idea of them being like larrikins and battlers and all this kind of stuff. And I think they've moved that perception over to reality TV. And now we see someone like Wayne Carey doing these physical acts and kind of breaking through and it's like, oh, he's just an Aussie battler who's doing his part for his team and we have to give him a second chance. And it's this weird thought around sports that's moved over to reality TV. But I would say reality TV is a lot more dangerous. I also think it's worth saying that Wayne Carey does a lot of commentating for Channel 7 and so it's probably in their interest that he gets a redemption arc. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move, and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. So today Netflix has gifted us with the very first trailer for their controversial new reality series, Byron Bays, which tracks the drama among a group of models, influencers and entrepreneurs who are all living in beautiful, if questionable Byron Bay. So the cast includes Gold Coast singer-songwriter St. James, former Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise contestant Nathan Favreau, Kyle Sandland's assistant turned talent manager Alex Reed. I feel like she would definitely have a few stories to tell. A spiritual coach and fire performer named Simba. That's the best name ever. And a whole bunch of influences in the mix, including one called Jade Kevin Foster, whose main claim to fame is getting a selfie with Kim Kardashian, which, you know, it's nothing to laugh at. It's hard to do. So here's a little taste of the trailer that came out today. Yes, finally here in Byron. I'm here to take my music seriously. I put everything that I have into this. I'm very nervous. If I've ever needed a big cold glass of Savvy B before in my life, it is right now. We're in a really tight-knit group. Nice Sarah, I'm Jade, nice to meet you. How are you settling in? It's hard moving somewhere and not knowing anyone. Breaking into our crew can be tough. Yeah. Shit's about to get interesting. <laughs> <laughs> The girls haven't given her a chance. I feel like I'm in high school again. You've got to stop causing beef between two guys. This is not what Byron is about. You are seriously insecure. I'm feeling out of place. Do you have a problem with me? Put me on the fucking train. It's a fucking joke. Okay, Claire, initial thoughts, feelings, emotions. I'm so excited. And I hate (laughs) myself. It looks so good. It looks like a mixture between the hills, but like a crappy Australian version. Like Lux Listings was the highlight of my year last year because (laughs) Australian reality TV is just so niche and it just always falls short of what they want it to be, but in the most brilliant way. And 
you always see the reality stars like you would know, Laura. You go to an event and you see them because Australia is so small. My God, you can't get to the <laughs> drinks table because they're all in front of it or they're all taking selfies. And I was like, I just want a glass of nondescript wine. Exactly, get out of my way. <laughs> exactly. But I have to say, I hate that I'm going to watch it. Like I will watch it. I will love it. I will have snacks prepared. I will absolutely love watching it, but I hate that I will because I do agree with the rhetoric coming out of Byron that it is problematic. Yeah, look, there has been a lot of backlash that we've been covering over the show over the past year. And I still agree. My first thought too, when I was watching it, is it seemed like a very contrived version of The Hills, but not when The Hills was at its peak. It felt like when they started bringing all these strangers together who were kind of cast as characters and then making them trying to interact and be friends. So I think that'll be interesting to see. But also what sets it apart, I think, from some of the other reality TV shows in Australia that are very focused on setting up strangers or watching people be voted out or that sort of stuff is that there is a narrative flow to it in terms of people love that glam side. I think there's been glamour missing from reality TV in Australia. Like, you know, it's not the Hills or the Kardashians or any of that kind of stuff or even throwing it back to like the Rachel Zoe project and that kind of stuff that people used to gravitate towards having a peek into these glamour lives like reality tv now is two people sitting on a couch and one abusing the other and voting each other off that's not a fun time i can't have a glass of wine and watch someone be degraded but i can have a glass of wine and watch someone fight at a cocktail party so i think everyone will watch it but it'd be interesting to see how they take the narrative flow from it and if the characters they've cast are strong enough because as we've talked about before there were a lot of influences that we feel like netflix reached out to because there were a few that came out and said they asked me to do it and i said absolutely not So it's like, did they get the top tier of people or are these just the people who agreed to do it would be the thing. From kind of reading about it, I feel like Nathan Favreau, who was on The Bachelorette and then Bachelor in Paradise, I feel like he agreed and then it's kind of his friends. Which honestly, vibes. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, there's no shortage of like famous and crazy people living in Byron, but also they very much made it like the mecca of Australian entertainment, which is weird because you used to think that was Sydney or maybe Melbourne, not Byron Bay. It used to be where celebrities go to escape. But I think what they're trying to do in this show is make it into the place where you go to get made. It's become like the Hollywood of Australia where they're like, if you can't make it here, you can't make it at all. And you see that one musician who's like, I'm here to take my music seriously. You know, I've got to make this work here. And this is the launch of my career. And she's standing like a wood. Yeah. And I was like, girl, what are you doing? Like, please go to the city. Yes, please go somewhere else. That's not like a secluded beach somewhere. I just don't know if you're going to find the fame there. I mean, I guess all you need is a phone nowadays to get fans to follow you. But it's weird that they're trying to make it as if like Byron's so tight knit and it's where all the creatives live. And like, you know, I guess some of that's true. And if you can't make it here, you're done in entertainment. It is unclear why they have to be in Byron Bay specifically. The one thing that makes me a little bit sceptical about this show and whether it will succeed is that it's being described as like a docudrama. Yes. And I don't know if we're going to be able to suspend our disbelief. So with something like even Real Housewives of Melbourne, which is excellent and definitely completely scripted and made up, I can suspend my disbelief. But I don't know if this is going to look too contrived and too scripted that I just won't be able to believe that it's real lives. 
Yeah, exactly. Especially because I think people have become a lot smarter to how these things work now. Like we now know that all the made in Chelsea's and that sort of stuff, we know that they have script writers and people who storyboard events. And we know from like the hills that both iterations, both the comeback that's been sadly cancelled and the original series were also heavily scripted with sets. And so it's a gamble to go on such a throwback, but I think people are so drawn to influence a life that they'll still watch it. I do wonder, though, what's going to happen with the backlash Mm. that's been brewing so much around the show. So obviously when it was first announced, a lot of the business owners in Byron said they were going to boycott it around the production. They had a paddle out as like a protest, which I guess is like a nice way to protest in Byron because you get an ocean view and you also get to have your voice heard. And a lot of businesses saying they wouldn't have any filming done on their property, but they managed to easily forge ahead and get everything filmed without that. And then the initial press release came out. I don't know if you remember this. It was like influencers who were trying to be stars and it painted the show as really tacky. And then like the Netflix head of originals had to come out and apologize to the cast for what happened. And she was like, that absolutely wasn't our intention to make them look so stupid. I'm paraphrasing here. You know, it's a show about life and dreams and love and you can't tell everything from one press release. And then she joked that she'd fire their PR team, which I don't think actually happened. But I think it was like the cast had their first massive reaction to the show. So I wonder if they'll have a reaction like this when the show comes out and it's not the artistic drama they thought it was going to be. I don't think the cast are going to come off particularly well. I mean, I don't think that's what they want. I think they probably just want a bigger platform and some more Instagram followers. I'm sure that will happen. But in terms of the response from Byron locals, they have some really good arguments. When I first heard about the backlash to this, I rolled my eyes a little bit. And then when I looked closer and saw that they were saying, you know, there's massive homelessness in Byron Bay and there's a huge issue because there are people with obscene wealth that come there and it pushes all the real estate prices up and they've got all these holiday rentals but not enough homes for people to just live in who are normal people. And there was also a lot of conversation about the environmental struggles that are happening in Byron Bay, the Indigenous people who live there who were not consulted at all. And I do think that those influencers who are in the show are not doing a lot for their brand by participating in that and not acknowledging or interacting with the backlash at all because it is quite valid. Oh, yeah. And I definitely think that the homelessness around Byron Bay and the fact that you hear stories of people who have lived there for three generations and are now sleeping with their cars or driving three hours just to get to their job because they can't afford rent in Byron Bay is a real issue. It's so interesting because Key and I had a bit of a throwdown about this when it first came out. And my kind of point at the time was that's already happening now. Like the reason they're having the show there is because it's already become this mecca of celebrities and influencers and you already can't really get an Airbnb there unless you're willing to pay through the nose. So Mm. you definitely can't live there. And I think, you know, you've got stars like Chris Hemsworth who's building a compound that looks like a shopping centre and, you know what I mean, he's taking up so much real estate and then all around him celebrities are building their own compounds. So not just taking up houses but buying up huge chunks of land and completely shutting it off to locals. And I'm sure putting in like a huge swimming pool over a rainforest is not great for the environment either. But that's already happening there is Mm. the thing. So I'm not saying that like this show isn't going to make it worse but it's just saying like this is already happening here not kicking it off which is the thing but I think Australia's need to watch this reality show is definitely going to outweigh that I'm sorry to say any kind of needs of the Byron locals and I will say I reckon this show will be the final nail in the coffin for Byron because it has a lot of the locals are saying this is being aired to 200 million people because it's not just Netflix Australia it's going to be around the world probably 
a lot of Americans are going to watch it. I think it will destroy Byron Bay. And I think it's a really interesting ethical question for people who make television. <laughs> exactly, because like we know the Hollywood superstars and stuff already going there and we know Australian influencers already go there. But I think once this goes across Netflix, and I'm sure it'll be like their most popular show of the week when it comes out, you're going to get that second tier of international influencers who are not on that top tier, but are wanting to then travel to Byron just to get content from where the show is, yep. that sort of stuff. So it's definitely going to bring in an influx of more people. So look, as as with everything with reality TV, it's a really muddy water to look into. But the show is coming out on Netflix on March 9, and I'm sure we, along with the rest of the world, will be talking about it and we'll be able to watch the fallout in real time. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. And while you're listening, please make sure you are following us and leave us a review. Thank you so much to Claire for jumping in today. Thank you. This episode of The Spill was produced by myself, Laura Brodnick, and Gia Molin, with audio production by Rhiannon Mooney. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.